shooting, we picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out 10 years later. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to our third episode. Welcome to our third episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Mel. And I'm Kel. Our third episode is about feminism and Bella Swan. Yes. So we're continuing our discussion from last time, but focusing more on her as a character. Yes. Criticisms about her as a lead role in protagonist is she a strong female character is she a mary sue so yeah bella as a character gets a lot of criticism i think maybe even more than the relationships Mm. when it comes to people saying that this is not an empowering story for young women and so we have a lot of thoughts on bella and it's a mixed bag it is a mixed bag So one thing that's always said about Bella Swan is that she doesn't really have a life outside of Edward and doesn't have many interests or personality. I think that's true to a point. I mean, the movies did leave out the fact that she worked at a camping store or a outdoors. uh, (laughs) What kind of store is that? Outdoor? Like a sporting goods store? Oh yeah, sporting goods store. and. She really likes to read a lot. I think she's kind of just the type of girl in the Does she like to read? That, yeah, she loves to read. She reads all the time. Oh, really? It's like her hobby. Yeah. Didn't Edward do her homework for her? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he did. I sometimes. don't think so. Yeah. I really don't think. When? I'm pretty Show sure he receipt. did like, well, he, he did all the college things for her because she didn't really have an interest. That's not the same thing as... Homework. I'm pretty sure sometimes he did her homework. Well, I really don't think he did. And I'm pretty sure she was a smart girl. Well, that's like, a fact that check part that. in the biology class, like, she knew oh, what was she, going on just yeah. as much as he did. And, no, she's actually an avid reader. Like, I remember in um, Twilight, I think, like, she was outside, uh, like, reading and maybe fell asleep or something. And then... In all of the books, she would always be just, like, reading books. Like, yeah. Um, oh, that's true. She's reading, like, Wuthering Heights and stuff. And, My toast um, Yeah. I think that Stephanie Meyer never really made it clear, but to me, she just seems like the kind of girl that's into music. And, well, they talked about her, like, listening to music in Twilight in the books. Um, and, you know, books... She probably would be on Tumblr or something. I, I picture her as that kind of girl. And I feel like... You could say, I'm sort of like that these days. I'm, I mean, she's in high school, so she, maybe people wanted her to do clubs or something. I'm not really sure. Um, but I don't know. My sister doesn't really do anything. Like, yeah. She just reads a lot and watches shows, and she writes and stuff. And I feel like Bella is just that kind of person, and I feel like that's kind of... I think she does have interests in a personality. I think she can be sarcastic and she's a good friend and is sweet and cares a lot about other people's feelings yeah I think she does maybe another thing is like she doesn't really seem to have an interest in a lot of friends besides 
mm-hmm. Edward. And then when Edward leaves her, then it's like finally when she's like wants to be friends with Jacob. But besides that, the high school people, she sort of just feels above. But I think that's common, especially mm-hmm. for people who are kind of introverted and in their own heads. And she's definitely very introverted. She's not. I think they get really hung up on trivial things, and she's not into that. Mm, you mean the high schoolers? Yeah, and I think the point right. is that she was meant to be a vampire the whole time, mm. so she doesn't really care about these stupid <laughs> human things like I think prom. She, I think she did like her high school friends. I think she really did like um, Angela Weber a lot. And Oh, she did, yeah. Those kids, I don't think she cared about... I know she didn't like that girl, Lauren. Yeah. And um, I don't think she cared that much for Jessica. But yeah. I think the other kids, she really, maybe she didn't think about them all that much, but. <laughs> I don't know anything. I think, and we have to keep in mind that this was Stephanie Meyer's first book. And I bet if she wrote it today, it probably would be better because it, I don't think she even had the intention of. She says she got the idea from a dream, and then mm-hmm. she just wrote it down to, re- to like, remember it, which, who knows if that's even true. Mm-hmm. But um, it was the first thing that she's ever written, and so there's a lot of things that I think she didn't consider. Like, we don't really have a lot of backstory about Bella's life before she moved to Forks. True. Like, we don't know. if she, Does she even have friends, like, in <laughs> Phoenix? She never mentioned them, I don't think. Yeah. I've wondered that myself. Because she moved when she was 17. Mm-hmm. Like, she must have had, like, a whole life somewhere else. And... I remember when we had Twilight Facts that one of our facts was that she didn't have many friends in yeah. Arizona. And I don't know if that was in the guide, maybe, or in the book. Yeah. I'm not sure where we got that from. But, but like, what was, like, middle school and stuff like for her? Like, <laughs> what did she do? I bet she was just a really shy girl. Yeah. Just read a lot and stuff. That's what I think. I don't think she was ever really yeah, a social butterfly. But it seems like she didn't really want to move to Forks to begin with, though. Like, she... No. She's doing it just to help her parents out. Yeah. She's a very selfless person. I think so, yeah. Some people seem to have issues with that. As if they want, I don't know, the main character to be more... About herself and the more driven for her own interests and stuff. Yeah. She could be a little bit more, but I don't really see what's wrong so much with a selfless, kind person. I don't know. Well, I think that's her strength in the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, people oftentimes criticize her as being a sort of damsel in distress mm-hmm. and that, you know... These guys, the <laughs> werewolf and the vampire, are <laughs> always saving her life. But really, if you look at the series, Bella does something heroic in every single movie. Right. Or book story. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, she's a human and she's taking on vampires. Like, she she does not stand a chance at all. Yeah. And the fact that she even is brave enough to try is pretty nuts. And as we see in Twilight, um, her mom, she thinks her mom's been taken by James and by herself. She goes, she leaves Charlie, she goes off with 
Alison Jasper, and then by herself she goes to the um, ballet studio. Yeah, to save her mom. Which is pretty nuts. Like, how was she ever going to survive that? Sure, then Edward comes in and fights him. But she kind of had absolutely no way to fight a vampire. Well, she was sacrificing herself. Right. To save her mom. Right. Save her mom. And then in New Moon, uh, she hears news that Edward thinks she's dead, and so he's going to the Volturi to she kill himself. jumps on a plane. And she does the same thing. She goes off. She's only 18. I had never done anything like that when I was 18. And before that, she was only 17. I had definitely never, like, flown across the country. She's incredibly independent. Mm-hmm. And she goes again to save Edward. And then in the third one, she saves Edward again because Victoria is almost going to kill him. She and has his arms, she... her arms around his neck, and then she cuts herself the yeah, rock yeah. as like a distraction. <laughs> That's it doesn't really fare well with critics, though. <laughs> but why? Like, that... let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, okay. So, I was reading this source. I forget what. I'm sorry, but it was. Criticizing Bella because she says at some point in the story, I would be willing to bleed for the ones I love or something like that. And so it's viewed as a weakness, sort of, that Bella is always sacrificing herself, her mortality for the ones that she loves. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I don't know, I think that's a strength. I mean, yeah if you're is it really is the reverse strong to be like no yeah running away you know good luck with that and hearing that someone dies or something and you didn't even try to do anything about it I don't really get how that is strong yeah well it's like I almost feel like relationships and love are viewed through a feminist lens as something weak. Mm -hmm. Not really, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but like Bella was always compared to Katniss in The Hunger Games where she didn't really, she was kind of cold-hearted and like that made her strong. She wasn't really caring about these relationships that much. I mean, she ended up, but... I'm not explaining this well at all. <laughs> but it's it's like a weakness to really be invested in relationships. Katniss did always keep her distance. You know, Peta was always trying to be with her during home games, and she was faking it, and then she kind of had this attitude when they got back. Yeah. And like, I can't deal with this right now. I have a lot going on. Um, it's like... Katniss is a strong female character. <sighs> Bella's not. Like, Bella's concerned about love, and Katniss is fighting, and it's Don't like, even get me started. It's like, to be a strong female character, you have to adopt stereotypically masculine right. traits. Like, if you want to be a worthwhile woman, you gotta be a man, kind yeah. of. That's so mm-hmm. messed up. Like, you can't care about your relationships. And you have to be able to fight and shoot a bow and arrow and yeah. overthrow the government or whatever. I mean, that's mm-hmm. so extreme. But I remember a few years ago, I don't know if people still care about this, but people were talking about strong female characters for a while, and then other people were like, no, let's just have real or complex female characters. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not just have 
oh, the girlfriend character or the cheerleader or, yeah. you know, the tough girl. Like, let's have some complex, real characters because that's what's, that's what real life yeah. is like. Like, you're putting um, women in a box. But I think that it's really annoying when people say a strong female character is someone who just, like, kicks ass because, mm-hmm. I don't know, when I watch shows like Gossip Girl or something, I think Blair Waldorf's a pretty strong or at least a complex, legit character, but she's not, like, punching people or anything. Yeah. And I don't know. I I think that that's wrong to expect It's like to be a strong woman, you have to be a man. Yeah. And I almost feel the same when we apply this to the audience. To be a strong woman, you have to like manly things. Yeah. You can't like chick flicks you can't like stories about mm-hmm. love or relationships you have to or confessions of a shopaholic or whatever yeah <laughs> which is just backwards i think another thing i think is sorry not to cut you off oh, no worries. um it's super demeaning too to expect to make strong female characters the kick-ass macho type of you know sexy woman who can you know, beat someone up, like, you mm-hmm. know, the Matrix, like, in the Matrix, she, like, is so good at beating people up, but it's, it's kind of, I don't know how to describe this, it's always a surprise to the men, like, whoa, yes. she's pretty tough, actually, like, it's, it's demeaning and looking down on women from the get-go, mm-hmm. like, oh, you didn't expect that, because it's a woman, and she can punch, you know, it's, yeah. The whole thing is just set up for us to hate feminine women and, you know, gentle people who care about relationships and love and things like mm-hmm. that. We just want hard. Like like Katniss, <laughs> for instance, she was kind of cold-hearted. Mm-hmm. Which, whatever, I don't... Yeah, I mean... It doesn't have to be different, but... Yeah, but it's, like, that strong. Someone yeah. who doesn't care about love. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which, which I'm not saying that's not strong or, and I think that sets people up if for toxic masculinity. Yeah, if that's suppressing feelings. Yeah, there's a whole thing to that, like denying yourself the ability to feel vulnerable. I mean, that doesn't put those feelings away. Yeah. Nobody, no one doesn't think those things. It's just forcing yourself not to. It's not healthy. I do think that. There needs to be some type of life outside of the mm-hmm. relationships. Right. Which I felt like Bella didn't necessarily have. Yeah. Um, she did see Edward every single day. Yeah. Like he would come into her room at night every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that but- was a bit ridiculous. I remember that Charlie in the books had set up like, a few hours where she just had to be home. She was grounded, kind of. Yeah. And she just had to be home and do her homework and, like, hang out with him. And she wasn't... She was allowed to see Edward before those hours, I think. Yeah. But then Edward would come into her room later that night anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Like, you're already seeing him in the afternoon. Then you, you have your grounded time. How do they not get sick of each other? And then other? at night he comes in the room. Does that set up unrealistic expectations for relationships? Because I feel like I've been... I think it's pretty unrealistic that you can be with someone Mm -hmm. for eternity and you never even sleep. (laughs) And you're always with each other. 
I mean, I'm someone that really likes my alone time from now and then. Uh, and Bella seems like the kind of person that does well, too. She seems like the kind of person that would, but it's but not when it comes to Edward. Yeah, yeah, because she's very independent. Mm-hmm. For the most part, she like when she drives to Phoenix mm-hmm. by herself at seventeen. She she wasn't even really scared. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she asked she her was parents ready to go right away for yeah. a lot of help. She pretty much acts like an adult. Yeah, and isn't she doesn't it like, ask her parents for anything, really. Her mom was, like, had her kind of young, and wasn't she... It doesn't say in the book that she sort of took care of her mom in a yeah. way. Like, she mothered her. Yeah, it did say that. Yeah. And Bella has always been pretty responsible, so it's weird that when it comes to Edward, she's not that independent. Mm. And then this leads us to... The criticism that when Edward left her, mm. I remember everyone would say that Bella gets break, broken up with, mm-hmm. and then she curls up in a ball and she just lies there in the forest mm-hmm. and then has to be taken out. Am I a sick anti-feminist or something? Because I love that scene. I think it's so beautiful. I don't know. I love the part when she's like lying. I think it's down. realistic. I think it is too. So that's the thing is. I mean, that's the way the story went. Yeah. If if in New Moon, Edward didn't leave her, which he loved her for a very good reason. Um, I don't think that was wrong of him at all. He was just trying to protect her. But, so, if she didn't get broken up with, then cool. That probably wouldn't have happened, and whatever. But that did happen, and that's the only way it could have gone. Was she really going to be like, uh, oh, oh, whatever. Cool. Yeah. And I know that anyone, man or woman, or whatever, anyone who has been broken up with has and was really in love has felt that way before. Yeah. It feels terrible. It's like you can't eat. You feel sick. Yeah. You, you might even have feelings like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay home. And that's what Bella did. And a lot of people say that that was really weak of her and... Like you said, a bad role model, but I think that that's just realistic, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you can say all you want, like, oh, if some guy leaves me, I'm going to be like, boy, bye, and mm-hmm. <laughs> over it in two seconds. But I think in order to do that, a lot of that is repressing feelings that yeah. you have to feel and go through and accept. And and I think that those feelings come out in other ways. Yeah. I don't know, reckless drinking or something like that. There's always some kind of way people are getting it out of their system, and I don't really see how one way is per se better than the other. I mean, I've curled up in a ball and cried. Me too. (laughs) I've cried for days. I've cried so much. Oh, my gosh. I've just, I mean, who hasn't been there? Yeah. You know, and if you haven't been there yet, it will probably happen, I hate to say. But I think that everybody goes through it. And I, I remember when a lot of people were saying that. We were still in high school, and I think that a lot of people that were saying it just hadn't had enough life experience yet yeah. to relate to that scene. Um, and I also think that um, this ties into the part about strong female characters. The problematic thing about Bella's breakup experience to me is that 
you know, she's depressed, she stops hanging out with her friends, she's sitting at home. All of that is concerning, and I agree with that, but I do think it's relatable. She does pull herself out of it eventually, but it kind of sucks that the way she does that is by hanging out with Jacob. Yeah. I do think that she genuinely wanted to be only Jacob's friend. I don't think it was her returning to life just by another boyfriend. I mean, we know Jacob wanted to date her. She, I think, had true friendship intentions. But it does kind of suck that it's like she didn't really she got over it. Mm-hmm. She didn't from really... becoming oh. close with another guy. Sorry, what? I said she didn't really want to hang out with her girlfriends or anything. Yeah. Um, she kind of just used Jessica to like yeah. go and have a dangerous moment. No, she no wait no she hung out with Jessica mm-hmm. because her dad said you need to right hang out with people she wasn't really into it the whole time she wasn't really speaking back yeah she's being weird if i remember correctly i feel like jessica wanted to talk about it kind of she was like i know you've been i can't remember what she said exactly but she started talking about it and she was like i mean with mike like blah 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 blah. yeah she was trying to you know have a conversation with bella about heartbreak and stuff and bella was just tuning her out and wasn't paying attention yeah she's being weird (laughs) um and Bella's whole brought back to life thing was sort of just in search of hearing Edward's voice. Yeah. And think, books in the movies, it was like to see him. Do you think her putting herself in danger to see or hear Edward's voice, which is um, kind of weird that <laughs> she could hear his voice? It's a bit strange. Yeah. That I feel like she needed therapy for. <laughs> yeah. She probably should have gone to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> But how could she tell the therapist, like, oh, I was dating this vampire? Like, <laughs> that would put her mm-hmm. in a mental ward. Mm-hmm. Did you watch 13 Reasons Why? Yeah. This is a tangent, but I just thought that season two was sort of mean-ish. How Clay kept seeing him. Yeah, I didn't like, like that. Are you guys copying New Moon? <laughs> I didn't like it. I thought it's cheesy. I didn't. It is. I think it only worked in the Twilight series because you really missed Edward as a character, so you needed that. Yeah, the ways that Edward appeared was much more dreamlike, though. In Thirteen Reasons mm-hmm. Why, Hannah was appearing as if she was literally real and mm-hmm. was like having an actual conversation, whereas Edward could... wasn't. Edward was just kind of her conscience. He was just saying, "Stop! Don't do this," because she was doing. <laughs> Because she was doing reckless things. I think that her actual inner conscience was saying what she knew Edward would say. Because she was acting kind of dumb, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of, when she cliff dives and is underwater, he kind of just appears and then disappears. Yeah. I think that was just symbolically showing her thinking about him in a way. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think in 13 Reasons Why, it was just an excuse to keep the actress because <laughs> they liked her. Yeah. Um, but I think the motorcycle thing wasn't that dangerous, except she wasn't really wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She hit her head. I know. I wonder if she she felt like putting herself in dangerous situations would bring Edward to her. I think because Edward was always looking out for her that's kind of unhealthy i know but i also wonder if maybe she kind of missed the danger of being with a vampire Mm. like life was really thrilling there's something kind of masochistic about bella yeah true 
she does like to, I don't know, throw herself in situations mm -hmm. where her life's on the line. And... A lot of people feel that mm -hmm. way, though. Mm -hmm. We can't be perfect. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we can't be perfect. But so I have a quote from Stephanie Meyer. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Say it one more time. <laughs> because I wanted you to know. <laughs> because I wanted you to know. Okay. Because I wanted you to know. So I have <laughs> a quote from Stephanie Meyer that she published on her website in regards to the criticism against Bella. And she said, in my own opinion, keyword, the foundation of feminism is this, being able to choose. The core of anti-feminism anti -feminism is conversely telling a woman she can't do something solely because she's a woman, taking right. any choice away from her specifically because of her gender. Mm -hmm. One of the weird things about modern, fe modern feminism is that some feminists seem to be putting their own limits on women's choices. That feels backwards to me. It's as if you can't choose a family on your own terms and still be considered a strong woman. Mm. How is that empowering? Are there rules about if, when, and how we love or marry and if, when, and how we have kids? Are there jobs we can and can't have in order to be a real feminist? To me, those limitations seem anti-feminist in basic principle. Damn. I agree with that because I agree with that too. Also, people criticize Bella. I guess they see this story, and I guess to some extent, we don't really know what Stephanie Meyer's agenda is because mm -hmm. she's a Mormon, and that can go hand in hand with some type of oppressive opinions when it comes to. Mm -hmm. But um, some Mormons will argue that they're not involved in that. And they don't, yeah, they don't believe that. So yeah, not to generalize, but so. People see this story as a pro-life story because Bella chooses not to abort her baby. But I think, to me, the whole point of that is choose. Right. And just like Sonia Meyer said, how is it empowering or feminist to tell other women what they should do? Yeah. To say, she should have done this, she should have done that. What? Is it just because it's about a woman? If this was a series about a man, would you really be, like, policing his decisions and actions so much? I really don't think so. And then the interesting thing is, we were talking about this yesterday mm -hmm. over dinner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mel made spaghetti. Um, that Edward wanted her to abort Renesme, actually. I mean, he was really concerned for her safety and stuff, and he did not want her to have that kid and even said, you can have a baby with Jacob, whatever. But she stood firm on her decision, and Rosalie was the only one that supported her, really, and no one else was listening to her. Everyone was alienating her. Yeah. Jacob was pissed. Everyone was pissed at her, and she stood by her choice. And it was her choice, man, that other people were telling her not to do. So how is that? not pro-choice well i i think the whole point of pro-choice is that it's in the woman woman's hands what she wants to do with her body mm -hmm. either way because there are a lot of situations when a girl will get pregnant and whoever she's with will sort of force or manipulate her into having an abortion mm -hmm. 
I hear that all the time. Yeah. And, and that like, they oh, don't want to. We're going to take care of that. Or... Yeah. And I think that's anti-choice. Mm-hmm. But I read this response mm-hmm. to that Seth Meyer quote by this guy named David Cox. What? It was for a, a Guardian review of Eclipse. Mm-hmm. And he said, this seems to imply that anything a woman does is feminine is a feminist act unless she's performing it because someone's put a gun to her head. I don't know if this is all that feminism amounts to, but then I'm only a man. Some women, it seems, have yet to be convinced. So basically with that choice, that quote from Stephanie Meyer, mm-hmm. it's a choice what you want to do as mm-hmm. a woman and no one can tell you what to do. Does that mean anything a woman does is feminist if they're choosing to do it? Oh. I think yes. <laughs> as long as they're doing yeah. what they believe in their soul that they want to be doing, the only times I think it doesn't apply is when women, those women are then telling other women what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't consider Ivanka Trump a feminist. Mm-hmm. Or Kellyanne Conway or, like, those people. Oh, it's so frustrating though because it's it's I mean I guess this is just the way the world is but why is it like women just living their lives has to be feminist or anti-feminist whereas yeah. men just living their lives I mean are we really like labeling that you know just him choosing to do something have a job or whatever yeah oh it's so exhausting I think it's just like not right to say Bella has to not be sad about her breakup in order to be a strong woman. Bella has to, I don't know. I mean, it's just this strong female character expectation is a lot to live up to. And like, there's a lot of ways. Another female expectation. It's a lot of ways in which I'm very not strong. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of putting women in this box to say that they have to amount to something mm-hmm. when we are all learning and living our lives and going to make mistakes along the way. We can't just yeah. automatically have this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. For both men and women, there are a lot of unimportant shoulds. Mm-hmm. in our culture i mean obviously saying you shouldn't kill someone like yeah i think most people agree on that there are moral and immoral things you can do but even what we were saying earlier about bella spending too much time with edward and we're like oh yeah she shouldn't have done that but i mean really who are we to say how much time someone yeah. should spend with their boyfriend or girlfriend i don't know Maybe if you're just not into that, maybe Twilight's not for you. But I think it was just over-criticized. There are definitely some things we agree with. But, yeah. I do think that in Midnight Sun, Mm -hmm. Bella comes off a lot more dimensional than she does in Twilight in her own perspective. I know. You can, like, see her from the outside. She seems, like, way more sassy. Yeah. (laughs) She does. It's strange. It's... Maybe that was Stephanie Meyer kind of projecting herself on it because it was a first-person novel. Yeah. And Bella did come off a little bit insecure. Well, first-person, just in terms of writing, mm-hmm. 
I think you have to be a little bit more experienced to write something in the Mm -hmm. first person because a lot of times it just comes off as yourself. Whereas if you're writing something in third person, you describe the character from the outside. So you do a lot more showing and not telling. Mm -hmm. You have to really know the character Mm -hmm. in third person. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes in first person you... You can just take us along for the ride. Yeah. And then we're like, who even was that person that was narrating the story? (laughs) Do you, we don't have to put this on the podcast, but do you like first person or do you, do you find that you prefer first person stories or third person? Um, I think I've read way more first person stories. Mm -hmm. Me too, I think. Um, it's very common. I like having a the kind of narrator that isn't really important to the story, but mm-hmm. is there, like in The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter's in third person, right? Mm-hmm. I actually, that's funny you say that, because I also like stories where the narrator isn't that important, but people mm-hmm. seem to hate that. Yeah. They're like, oh, the main character did nothing. He's yeah. just a bystander and watched the whole yeah. time. But I kind of like it for some reason. Yeah, because that's not the main character. Mm-hmm. The narrator doesn't have to be the main character. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And this is totally tangent right now, but um, I really like in the story The Secret History, the narrator is like that. And then he even says it at one point. He's like, like the, I'm pretty sure he says like the fucking bystander I've been this whole time. Yeah. Because he like didn't really contribute to all the action. He was just like there. That was funny. That is funny. Bella is not that kind of narrator. She's definitely involved. Um, but as we saw in Midnight Sun, it seems like her character wasn't totally shown to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we talked about how Bella goes to save the day a lot mm-hmm. in all the stories. We just got to Eclipse, do you think, in Breaking Dawn? Oh, yeah. I don't think in the... Well... Well, she saves her baby, if that counts. Right. It's confusing because they split the book up into two movies. I feel like in the first movie, there isn't really a save the day yeah. moment. But um, I think in the end... As a vampire, she, in the movie at least, she does fight in a imaginary situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that, I wish that was real. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. Oh, my but, God. Um... She does, like, she's fierce as a vampire. Yeah, she is. And she has that power, that shield power that right. she... That no one else can use their powers on her. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And she can extend that to other people. Mm-hmm. Basically a superhero. And she does, like, organize that <laughs> meeting of all the other vampires, right? She organizes that? No, maybe someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she had her hand in it. I do think one thing that kind of bothers me about the Mm -hmm. series and about Bella because it's through her perspective is there's a huge emphasis on physical beauty. Mm. And I think she's really insecure. She's always calling herself plain looking. Oh, yeah. And she feels really inferior in terms of her appearance when it comes to the vampires. There is a lot of talk about how pretty Rosalie is. Yeah. the Denali woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when she becomes a vampire, it's sort of it's in like, awe of how she looks. Yeah. It's like this weird resolution of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm beautiful now. 
Yeah. And that's kind of tough. I think that Twilight, for a lot of people, for a lot of girls, is sort of like, oh, I'm also plain looking and not so great, but here's this vampire that's so hot who's in love with her. At least in the yeah. books. I feel like in the movies, Kristen Stewart is not really she's not plain, plain looking. looking. Yeah, She's really cute. Um, but why do the vampires have to be good looking? You know, like, it's like this... Well, I think it's kind of like what Edward said in Twilight, that he's the most dangerous killer. Everything about me draws you in. My oh, face. Oh, yeah. My, my... Wait, what does he say? My... That's a kind of narcissistic. Um, my face. My... Wait, no, it's my face? Is it my hair? I'm the world's most dangerous predator. Everything about me invites you in. My voice, my face, even my smell. As if I wouldn't need any of that. As if you could outrun me! As if you could fight me off. Designed to kill. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That I don't. Yeah, he, they're beautiful in order to, to attract prey. Yeah, right. And I don't think that was narcissistic of Edward. I almost feel like he he doesn't care yeah. about his looks. He's like, I don't even give a fuck what yeah. I look like. It's only because I'm a vampire. He also can read everyone's thoughts, so he knows that everyone's thinking that he's so good looking. Right. I do think that, like, Bella's often comparing herself to these mm -hmm. other girls in terms of her looks. And yeah. I mean, it's realistic, too. I mean, I do that, but... True. I wish there was a little less emphasis on beauty. Me, too. Because, I don't know, does she show any signs of jealousy about pretty girls because then that that's not so great when women against women just because you think another one is pretty and has it so great you know she i feel like i don't know she, she was jealous of rosalie at first yeah oh yeah definitely i think also though she it's like not really confident in her skin. Like she's doesn't really want to get all dressed up for the prom mm -hmm. um, or her wedding. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing though that I don't like either. Okay, two things mm -hmm. that she didn't really want to have a big wedding, and she didn't really. I don't know. It seemed like she was sort of both with having a wedding, stereotypical wedding, and. Um, having a baby, it seemed like that was Stephanie Meyer's way of giving her these stereotypical women experiences that everyone is sort of expected to have. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't seem like Bella was interested in the whole being a bride yeah. thing. And also nowhere in the book, I'm, this kind of contradicts what I said earlier because it was her choice to have the baby, but... Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the book does she have really any desires about becoming a mother. Yeah, she even said that she never cared about having kids and she wasn't upset. Because Edward said they could never yeah. have kids because 
vampires can't have kids with other vampires. And she wasn't upset by that at all. She was fine with not being a mother. Yeah. So this is, like, not an issue against Bella. But Mm -hmm. I just don't like that Stephanie Meyer was like, oh, well, this story isn't complete or there's no happy ending unless I give Bella a baby. And wedding. Yeah. The way. Right. Which is, like, the expected happy ending for women. Mm -hmm. It's true. And Bella didn't want to go to prom i feel like she would have been happier just like driving around yeah wearing her flannels and stuff yeah i mean i do love the prom scene but it's kind of strange that what she initially wants it just she either changes her mind or gives in mm-hmm. for those three life events yeah how did she end up having a huge wedding how did that happen I think alice, took alice just took over yeah Alan is an interesting character because she seems really tough and spunky and she has her short hair and, you know, she's a feisty character, but then she also is so into shopping and clothes and shoes yeah. and stuff and she's always saying, Bella, let me do your makeup and stuff. Well, I think and that makes her pretty dimensional. <laughs> that's true. You know, she's not like just yeah. spunky and whatever. She's yeah. also... True. Yeah. It is kind of weird though that Bella didn't really want to have that whole wedding. I mean, it yeah. turned out to be awesome. I think she was happy, but yeah. she was really nervous, and that's not what she wanted. It would have been better if it was, like, a small, just, like, little ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did she have to have that? I don't know. Probably for the hype of... <laughs> I mean, it was... The set looked beautiful yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't remember in the book... We're going to have to reread it. I don't know who they would have even invited to that wedding. <laughs> well, they invited they a, a lot few of high school people. A few high school people. Well, all those vampires came. Yeah. From Alaska. Does Belle have, like, aunts and uncles and like, cousins? <laughs> Maybe both of her parents are only child. Yeah, her grandmother's Does she have grandpa? Oh. You know, in that yeah. scene in the beginning. Well, what That's about just, other grandparents? Yeah, I don't know. No mention. Well, is it for that? Her parents were young. I don't know. Maybe they're estranged. Maybe they were there and Stephanie Meyer just didn't include it. Yeah, you can't include everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There isn't really time for every single detail. Although, there were a lot of kind of mundane details that were included in Twilight yeah. for some reason. I remember these specific scenes of her making breakfast and stuff and opening the refrigerator yeah (laughs) i I don't know why but no inclusion of her backstory does her mom ever learn that she became a vampire which is a really weird she becomes a lot less close with her mom Mm -hmm. i feel like she took care of her mom i don't know what's wrong with her mom yeah (laughs) because she she always described her as hairbrained oh yeah like she's just scattered and not organized and irresponsible i guess I think that Bella kind of always helped out her mom with the house and everything. And then I think now Bella feels like her mom doesn't need her anymore because she's, like, with Phil. Yeah. You know, maybe she thinks her mom's all set. Which, I mean, your mom still wants to talk to you. I don't know. I do feel like she kind of ditched her. Yo, I love you both, but we got a plan to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. I love how he's in the... uh, credits in twilight yeah yeah also i will say that i think bella's sexually liberated Mm. because she's like embracing i know a lot of girls who like 
won't even say that they're horny. Mm -hmm. They won't use that word to describe them. It's like Mm -hmm. sort of a man's word. But she Mm -hmm. says it to describe herself. When did she do that? I'm pretty sure she says that she's horny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she at least acted like it. Yeah. And it was pretty cool that, I don't know, I feel like it's so typical in all high school movies and stuff that the guy wants to have sex with the girl. Yeah. And kind of takes some convincing and stuff. But in Eclipse, Bella really wanted to have sex with Edward and she was ready and he was not. And I I don't know, that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. She was... Totally sure. She was taking control. He was the one that was saying, "Yeah, no, we should wait. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Did we talk about Kristen Stewart yet? No. Let's get into <laughs> it. So I feel like what's so ironic is a lot of the people who were hating on Bella for most of the series. Mm-hmm. Also hated on Kristen Stewart, but in a very sexist way. Yeah. And people were always, you know, one, criticizing her acting, which if that's fair game. But then people were always saying how she never smiled mm-hmm. and was awkward and dressed like a slob and yeah. didn't really fit the whole... So sexist. So sexist. I... The smiling thing is the biggest... Right, because anyone who calls himself, calls himself a feminist doesn't like how men are always saying to you on the street or whatever, smile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just telling Mel this, that at my work, this older man is always, while I'm typing at my desk, um, I'm a copywriter, he'll just randomly walk by and say, smile. Oh, and so annoying. It makes me think, what the heck, I'm working. Are you saying that to the guys that work here? It's just nuts. And so, yeah, a lot of people were tearing apart Bella for being anti-feminist, weak character, blah, 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 while at the same time saying, and Kristen Stewart, she never smiles. Yeah. And people on Tumblr would kind of, I mean, they do this to every female celebrity, Mm -hmm. but people would be like, oh, she looks a little chubbier today, or oh, she has no boobs, and really just tearing apart her image. Um, And I think that anyone who has a kind of feminist agenda against Twilight who also hated on Kristen Stewart is being a hypocrite. I agree. And when I look at the series, I mean, to me, because I was so invested, it wasn't just the stories. Like, I really cared about the actors, too. Mm -hmm. And Kristen Stewart is the most unconventional actress, I think, that we had at that time she didn't yeah. really care about like she definitely didn't have as you said a, pu- a publicist or really did a like lot a of training voice coach or anything yeah she was totally herself yeah and she didn't try to be anyone that she wasn't like she mm-hmm. would wear sneakers on the red carpet mm-hmm. she didn't feel like she had to sell her personal life yeah um, she really wasn't fake at all I don't think she didn't want to she didn't feel comfortable talking about her personal life or anything really she definitely didn't yeah. like interviews that much yeah she gave the middle finger a lot she didn't wear makeup <laughs> a lot she swore a lot like, smoked weed yeah she, she was <laughs> badass and I think that and now she's openly gay or bisexual like mm-hmm. I think a lot of women can look up to her and her just like give no fucks attitude yeah um 
I will say that Twilight was incredibly successful and just with talking about feminism, Mm -hmm. you can't overlook the fact that, especially the first movie, written by a woman, Mm -hmm. we had the screenplay written by a woman. Was written by a woman. Melissa, was it Melissa Rosenberg? Yeah. Um, And then directed. Directed by a woman. And then... Catherine Hardwick. Starring a woman. So Mm -hmm. it was really female-driven. Yes. At least the first movie. The rest were all then directed by men. Mm -hmm. I remembered the new moon director. It was like Chris Weitz or something. Oh. Right. So whatever you think about Twilight, I mean, that movie was a real achievement for women in film. I also think that Bella's in the middle of this love triangle and... Mm -hmm. She doesn't really take pleasure in two guys fighting over her. Yeah. She's not, not like, oh, you know, this who am awesome. I going to choose? Yeah. She's wants them to be friends. She, she, yeah. She's really beaten up over it. Yeah. It upsets her that they can't get along. It's kind of a strange love triangle because I think the whole time she... She had picked Edward, and yeah. I don't even think she was really dabbling with dating Jacob. It's kind of weird. Well, I picked the quote mm-hmm. from the end of Eclipse. She says this in the movie. I don't know if it's in the book. But she says, this wasn't a choice between you and Jacob. It was between who I should be and who I am. I've always felt out of step, like literally stumbling through my life. I've never felt normal. Because I'm not normal. I don't want to be. I've had to face death and loss and pain in your world. But I've also never felt stronger and more real, more myself. Because it's my world, too. So I think, like, a point that gets lost on the critics is that Bella was sort of destined to always be this vampire. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was about choosing... If she wants to be a vampire or choosing, she wants to just be a human. human. I don't know. Did anybody actually think she might pick Jacob? Whereas I feel like with the Hunger Games, even though Katniss was sort of more removed and a little more cold, I do think that was a bit more, Yeah. who will she choose? We have no idea. But I feel like in Twilight, I don't know. Were you afraid that she was going to pick Jacob? Because I kind of thought she was always going to pick Edward. Yeah, and that really crossed my mind. Because especially in the first book, Mm -hmm. the whole story is centered on her and Edward. So you don't just, like, change the direction. Didn't you read a vampire book that did that, though? Oh, yeah. I I really like vampires in general. And when I was in high school, I was really into the book series Vampire Academy. Which is pretty good. I mean, I haven't read it in a while, but it was a really cool book. Anyway, the main character, Rose, dates this guy, Dimitri, who's um, like her instructor, kind of, in the first book. And I was super into it. I was like, oh my god. Um, but then in the next book, she meets this vampire. She's like a half-vampire, anyway. Adrian. And then... Well, she actually does end up with, spoiler, she does end up with the first guy. Oh, okay. But I, and I think a lot of other people, too, switched to, like, me, Adrian more. She did end up with the first guy. Oh. 
but it was more than like Twilight. Whereas with Twilight, she kind of just like hung out with Jacob, liked him. They kissed. Mm. They had one real kiss, but like she actually started dating this guy. I think she never really seemed to have real feelings for Jacob. I know. <laughs> Your face was just like, I'm throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> so, I think also, sort of like when I watch The Bachelor and I see all these women fighting for a guy, mm-hmm. it just seems like very gross to me. Mm-hmm. But when you see a lot of guys fighting for a woman and she's in control, it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Double standard, maybe, but definitely. <laughs> definitely a double standard. Men always seem to be the ones in control. Mm. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. And I think that, like I've said, Twilight was put under a microscope. And people were really nitpicky with finding these faults in Bella and mm-hmm. the story in general. But if you look at any story, any female character, they're all going to have flaws. Like, we're all complex. And right. I don't know. I think the strong female character is, what does that even mean? Yeah. If we all behaved perfectly, which, what does perfectly even mean? Because everyone has their own definition. But if. If everyone just played by certain rules, I mean, it would be so boring. What would Twilight even be about? Well, see, a lot of people also compared Bella to Hermione, and we're like, Hermione's, you know, the real, like, strong character that girls should look up to. And I think, why are we even comparing women in general? Yeah, I know. To define what strength and success is. And why do I even need a freaking role model? Why can't I just read a book and watch a movie? Why does it need to be like, oh my god. I mean, seriously, all yeah. of the kids that watch like scary movies when they're young, are we like, oh man, this isn't a good role model. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> if you watch like Friday the 13th or anything, I know people would let their kids watch stuff like that, and I don't remember anybody being concerned about how that would affect them. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just trying to think of something else. Like, even Star Wars, are people like, is that a good role model? Yeah. Actually, I was, this is not, nobody asked me to promote this guy, but um, there's this guy on YouTube pop culture detective I think is amazing and he actually did this whole thing about Star Wars about the toxic masculinity in it Mm. and I'm not like a I don't really know a ton about Star Wars but I feel like no one has ever talked about that like things like that I don't think we have to tear apart every piece of media that exists but I thought it was cool that finally someone was like why don't we do that to something a lot of guys like yeah exactly because I feel like that doesn't happen a lot no Nothing's perfect. Even Harry Potter isn't perfect. No? How so? No. <laughs> Are we really going to get No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of weird, Harry. Like, Mary's a redhead. His mom's a redhead. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even, like, a well, sexist thing. But... A lot of people love Snape, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he's kind of emotionally abusive to his students. He was. Okay. And especially like, Harry because... Because he got friend-zoned. Yeah. He is a dick for the rest of his life and 
is so just mean to Harry and child. his friends. Yeah. yeah, to a child. Yeah. Like an 11 year old boy because he was friend zoned. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then she died. You should be just upset that she died. Don't like, oh. He's taking it all out on Harry. I still don't like Snape. I don't think that was a redemption story at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> I do think Bella was young and possibly not really a full person yet. Yeah. And so. Are we ever full? I don't know. Let us know if you are. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ever a complete person? I wonder at the end of Twilight, what is Belle up to? Is she going to keep, you know, what is she going to do? This is why I think we need an epilogue of like a hundred years into the future (laughs) or a thousand when it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy. And then they like somehow build a spaceship and they go to space. So it's Mm -hmm. like a sci-fi and fantasy movie. No, I'm telling you, write it. it. I'm gonna write it. Now is the time for Twilight fan fiction. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) Um, I think that's everything we have to say about Bella for now, but I'm sure there will be things that will come up down the line. Come up and we'll dive deeper into this. Yeah, so... Thank you for listening. Let us know your thoughts about Bella Swan and feminism. Looking at Twilight with a feminist lens. Do you disagree with us? Do you agree? Are you enraged? Let us know. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) I want like a clever way to say goodbye. Catch you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Ciao. You can contact us at anotherbiteoftwilight at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at anotherbiteoftwilight. The music is by Traces. See you next time.